welcome to Harley's Love 365. I have my uh, co-guest on again, Cameron. And I'd like to welcome, of course, our special guest this evening, which is Mr. Kenny Epps. And welcome, how you welcome. Doing, everyone? Thank you very much. Glad to be on. Great. Awesome. Now, um, Mr. Epps, just want to tell you that Cameron has just became a new dad, which is an exciting thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, Cameron. I've been there four times. <laughs> thank you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> well, two for me. <laughs> so yeah, I know it's a little challenging sometimes when you gotta coordinate and you know get that um, someone to help you with the baby, especially when you're broadcasting and stuff like this. So I appreciate you, Cameron. Appreciate your time. Oh, thank and you. so, Mr. Helps, we're glad to have you on today. Well, same here. I'm glad and to uh, talk about what I do. Yes, and so he's um, Mr. Epstone's a photographer business. I know he has done some, um, he has a ballet dance class as well that he conducts. But I know our focus today is primarily on his photography. And so, um, you know, we just want you to share with us how you got into the business of photography and, you know, and, and um, especially in the age of um you know internet and we have camera phones and stuff like that just share with us how you got into that and what motivated you to launch that business well um that's kind of interesting for me uh, actually i uh, started taking photography when i was in college at a uh, university around the eastern shore okay and surprisingly i uh, started within the uh 101 level with a, a really um, really nice photographer. He was probably considered one of the top photographers on the East Coast. His name was James Wells. And mm -hmm. I started with in his um, beginning class and really started learning a lot from him. And I, I, I ended up bumping up to the, uh, to the advanced class. And surprisingly, because he was such a tough instructor, <laughs> every, everybody bailed out of this class except for me. Wow. And I sat there and I contemplated, do I really want to be the only student in this class? Mm -hmm. And I thought about it. I said, well, you have one of the top photography instructors on the East Coast mm -hmm. and you can absorb him like a sponge. So I decided to stay in and that was probably the best decision I ever made. Oh, great. And great. So a lot of my basic uh, fundamentals of photography, I credited back to James Wells. And that was back in uh, 78. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you've been doing this for quite a while. Well, uh, that's, that's where the roots of my photography started at. And, mm -hmm. and when I graduated from um, college, my uncle was a professional photographer. His name is Darwin Wilson, who's uh, unfortunately has passed on. Oh, wow. And uh, he mentored me. He also taught photography as well. Oh, so it's actually in the blood, in the family. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when he when he passed on, uh, his wife said, "Okay, here is all the equipment. You're now the family photographer." <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> so, so, you know, from that point, uh, I, like Cameron, then I started having kids, mm -hmm. and. <laughs> um, so my photography kind of set to the side for a little while. Mm, yeah. And, and then... Because um, I guess your priorities changed then, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I was still photographing, but it wasn't a profession at that time. It was just kind of the, the love for photography mm-hmm. and I always thought I had a, a great eye for photography. So I, I was I was a member at uh, uh, New Antioch and doing a men's retreat. I would always photograph for them. Oh. People, people would come up to me and say, well, you know, Ken, I really like your photography. I mean, I don't know how you capture these moments where, you know, people are, you know, tears are dropping and things of this nature. Oh, wow. And I just had a, I just had a knack for it. And I think part of that came from, um, I also have a degree, a master's degree in clinical social work and behavioral science. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps me to really read people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, but anyway, so as time went on in about 2005, uh, I had switched churches and I went over to Trinity Life, mm-hmm. which is a multi, which is a multicultural church, a uh, little bit different for me. And uh, at, the, at the same time I was, I had became a member there, I had also suffered an illness. Mm, wow. And so I was going through, Ill, just coming out of illness, uh, had a lot of family issues that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And just that particular month was missionary month for Trinity. Oh yes, you mentioned me, and that your mm-hmm. focus is on missionary photography. Yeah, great, tell right. us about that, yeah. Yeah, so what ended up happening was that that particular week that I went to church, uh, I was sitting in church, and just like we're having a conversation right now, Mm -hmm. God spoke to me and says, I need you to pick up your cameras, and I want you to photograph for me, and I want people to see through my eyes what I see. Wow. Wow. And so this was this was kind of a spiritual journey for me. Okay. And uh, for about two weeks, people kept telling me, you know, I see an aura around you, and and you know, God said, I wanted you to get into missionary work, world missionary work. Mm-hmm. That's and a so tough. When, that's a tough thing to do, especially when you go to travel abroad to different countries and stuff like that. I know that's a very difficult task. <laughs> well, what ended up happening was that. There was a there was a missionary team from my church going to Indonesia. Oh wow! In, in thirty days, mm. <laughs> and I went to my associate pastor and said, um, "I need to be on the trip to mm. Indonesia with y'all." Mm. And my associate pastor said, "Can the, the trip is the, the, we're already booked out as far as the number of uh, missionaries going to be on there?" Wow. And I told him, "No." you're not booked out because God called me oh wow and so later I found out that there was a there was another guy who was supposed to go and God was telling him not to go to make room for me it all worked out yeah Mm. so from that point on um, I've been I've been a a worldwide missionary photographer Mm -hmm. every every year I'm out of the country photographing all around the world Wow, and um, it's it's the only time I've been delayed. It's been three times I, I haven't been out of the country, and of course, you know that was COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, they they shut down everything, mm-hmm. and one year uh, I felt God was telling me, "You need to uh, spend a little bit more time." Uh, perfecting your craft and photography so I want you to go back to school mm-hmm. so that's the only year I didn't go and when I was trying to go on another missionary t- uh, trip 
the doors kept closing on me and I said, okay, God, I got you. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> let me, let me be obedient. And I spent that whole year uh, in school workshops and learning more mm -hmm. about my crafts. Mm -hmm. Now I know it must be especially <clears throat> difficult during COVID because just about everyone was locked down, so to speak, you know, it was hard to get up. How did that impact you and the way you, because it, it's like almost like a drastic change, right? Well, uh, it didn't impact me at all because um, there was a lot of social unrest going on during the COVID time with George Floyd mm -hmm. um, and the unrest on the street. And yeah. I just I just felt like God was saying, you need to get out there and tell the story. Okay. So, okay. so even during the pandemic, I was out photographing um, the marches, you know, the Black Lives Matter marches. Really? Wow. Yes. <clears throat> so... Yeah, two marches that I photographed here in in, uh, in the Baltimore area, and then I also had a uh, march up in the Frederick area that I had um, had photographed. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all up on my website, and um, and <clears throat> that that really kept me busy, just uh, because I, I like telling stories. Stories, and right? I, I, I think if you're going to be a good uh, photographer, you also have to be a good photojournalist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, so during the pandemic, uh, with the marches, the, the unrest, and I, all, my, and because I own my own building, I didn't mm -hmm. have to shut. I didn't have to shut down my business. Okay, good. So good. I still had I still had customers coming in uh, with masks on, getting um, headshots for you know for their mm -hmm. website. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. You know, let's stay, let's I stay busy. It sounds that way. So that's <laughs> great then. So I see yeah, it didn't really negatively affect you as such. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. I know that Cameron also has some questions, you know, that you would like to ask you. So go for it, Cameron. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he just answered one of them um, talking about um, um, photojournalism, basically. So I noticed, um, you know, now, you know, I'm, I'm 25, a lot of people in my generation, everyone wants to, you know, pick up a camera and wants to be, you know, a photographer. And, you know, very quickly they realize it's not that easy. Nah. And um, I noticed a lot of them don't want to put the work in. Like, you know, you mentioned, you know, you went, you went to college and you, um, and then throughout your career, you know, you took a year off and, you know, workshops and things like that to protect, um, to, you know, perfect your craft. Mm -hmm. And um, I noticed like a lot of people just don't want to put the work and they think it's going to be super, super easy. So is there anything you would tell, you know, upcoming, you know, photographers, people that want to get their foot in the door? Well, that's a good question. Uh, one of the things I didn't tell you uh, in, the, in the beginning of this conversation was that <clears throat> although my, my, my foundation photography started back in college and I was mentored by my uncle, I spent a lot of time at the community college level taking classes mm -hmm. and and then I got to a point where you know I felt like I was saying you know you kind of maxed out here you need to go back to photography you need to go to photography school mm -hmm. so yeah. actually in 2011 I went to the uh, to Washington School for Photography and I got my degree oh nice. so right. I, was the, I was the oldest student in class but it <laughs> It actually, it, <laughs> really? actually, it actually was a benefit because I had been shooting for several years. And so a lot of the younger students in the class, as Cameron was mentioned, um, they didn't know anything about photography. I had a studio already running. I had equipment. I had lights. I had everything. Mm. And so I was able to mentor them, even though I was getting my degree. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, that was a good experience for you too. Oh yes. Yeah. And so to get into Cameron's uh, question a little bit deeper, yes, there are a lot of um, young photographers out here and always say that if you are not willing to put in the grind to learning your craft, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is like uh, every year uh, I spend one week at, at Mars School, which is Mid-Atlantic um, School for Photography, Regional School for Photography. Mm-hmm. They, they bring in top photographers all around the country and you train with that photographer for a whole week where it's uh, in room, in class sessions, uh, actual application, you're shooting models, you're, you're learning from top photographers around the country. That's one thing I do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm always involved with, uh, I'm part of uh, Maryland PPA, which is Maryland Professional Photographers of America, Baltimore Camera Club, which is the oldest camera club in existence. They've been around since 1880. Wow. Right, and I sit, I sit on that board for them. And uh, so I also teach um, periodically throughout the years. I set up uh, I set up um, field shoots for other photographers, and where I try to mentor and also and, and um, train other photographers. So if you're going to get into this business, number one, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I I bought a camera before, and I bought a regular camera. And sheesh. Yeah, uh, professional cameras will start you somewhere around two thousand dollars. Just, yep. that's just for the camera mm-hmm. and where the expense comes in at is lenses and lenses is is whenever you're getting into this profession you need to buy the best lenses for your camera if you plan on being in this business because the lenses you'll really never have to replace I've never replaced I've only replaced one lens that broke on me since mm-hmm. I started so once you once you um, invest in your lenses, you can change cameras out periodically as new technology comes out. But your lenses are is the thing that really uh, your lenses are the thing that make the photo as well as your your creativity when you're looking through the camera. Okay. So so a lot of people feel like, hey, look, I got a smartphone. I can just use my smartphone. <laughs> yeah. And and I will challenge a smartphone all day long. Smartphones yeah. have limitations to them, and that's not for, that's not real photography. Right. Well, having a professional take pictures, uh, you know, so it's gonna the the results is gonna look a lot more, much better, <clears throat> more detailed maybe, and more you know finished, a more finished look, right? Yes. Um, as a photographer, I probably edit photos five to six days a week. Wow, that's cons- consistently, that's- right? Oh. So I have projects going on and, and I also create my own projects. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things about being a good photographer, taking the picture is only half the battle, mm-hmm. but it's what you're gonna do with the, t- the picture once once you finish. Okay. It's the finishing part of it. And that's where the skill level comes in. You have to know all kinds of programs like Lightroom and Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And, ha- and you have to know it well in order to produce uh, good work for people. Mm-hmm. And this no. is where our younger people don't want to. That's where the grind comes in. That's where you have to be in classes and you have to be learning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every, everyone just thinks it's Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they can do it. Um, another thing that I notice is um, a lot of people, you know, people don't want to work or, you know, 
get out and network and they really have a hard time doing stuff if they're not getting paid for it um and they jump into you know this type of profession and they think their their work is you know worth something and mm-hmm. um it's i feel like it's kind of harsh me saying that you know their their work isn't worth anything they're kind of a nobody right away but they don't come in realizing that and i think that's why they don't you know kind of last they kind of right take some pictures for a couple of months and they're like oh this isn't for me well you know that's an interesting that's an interesting point that you're saying Cameron because you know when I first started in photography you know I thought I had a pretty good eye for photography mm-hmm. but I, I have told people that I mentor and, and people I've shot for it's like look when I first started doing weddings and when I go back and look at what I did you know 15 20 years ago I say to myself I would have fired me <laughs> because because I didn't really I mean I, I was still shooting good but it wasn't at the level of where it should have been as like a wedding photographer or something of that nature mm-hmm. of course and you're so, your worst critic right your own worst critic right? you, you, you have to be mm-hmm. and so um and so I think what Cameron's saying is that, you know, you, you come into the business, you know, a lot of people may say, oh, well, I really like your photography. It's really great. And so your head gets blown up and you think, hey, <laughs> I pretty much got it. Uh-huh. But, but in many cases, you really don't. Okay. But photography is, is an art form. And like any art form, you have to practice at it. Uh-huh. And you, it, it just doesn't happen overnight. Uh-huh. You have to keep perfecting it. So, what is the one thing you wish you knew when you started taking photos? Hmm. Well, it's all about the basics. And um, for me, um, just really being very solid on the basics of photography, like understanding composition, framing. Mm -hmm. And, and, And the most difficult part of working with people even to this day mm-hmm. is posing a person <laughs> okay right mm-hmm. there are there are there are professional photographers that still can still have difficulty posing clients mm-hmm. and that's something you, you really have to learn so you know, that would be one thing I, w- I would say that i would want to be a lot stronger in okay in the beginning is is learning how to pose people and people of different shapes different sizes that all makes right. a difference right because you know it's funny you say that because um when my son was graduating and i noticed that uh, it was actually my daughter i think it was in hers yeah because yeah and i noticed that um you know it seems like they are supposed to position you a certain way or make sure nothing is out of place or you know your clothes is together and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I noticed that you know like her her collar the dress whatever she was wearing just it just wasn't in place it just seemed off in the picture and I thought but isn't that what you're supposed to do to make sure that you look right for the camera and everything is in place right well you know uh that that is true to some degree. A lot of t- well, in the studio. Um, yeah, it wasn't when I'm studio. When, when I when I'm in the studio, I normally have a consultation with clients, and we talk about clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm wearing if if I'm shooting on a white backdrop, ba- mm-hmm. backdrop, mm-hmm. you you can't wear all white. You can't wear all white. Um, and in the studio, if I'm shooting on a white backdrop, because you'll blend in. So right. that's 
that's a that's a no-no right there so you have to have a conversation with your client mm-hmm. about what to wear when they're going to wear and depending on the type of shot you're going to wear like let's say if i'm doing a uh, a portrait well i'll tell the client right off the bat do not wear anything with short sleeves mm-hmm. they go well why is that mr reps because your face is the most important thing in the photo if I'm looking at your, I'm looking at your arms, your, your, your cleavage. <laughs> right. I, I'm moving. I'm moving away from the most important part yeah. of the, the photo. Yeah. So you have you have to have these conversations with with your clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like the color was just off. Like it should have been flapped down or whatever. But it was just off, and I'm like, don't they see that before they snap? You know. It's like, <laughs> so. Well, that that comes with the experience of the photographer mm-hmm. and. Um, and and the one thing I would say too, you know, I, I'm a studio portrait photographer. Okay. And so, you know, the, if I had ten professional photographers standing right next to me, mm-hmm. you would probably find only two that really know studio lighting. Okay. Right. Studio lighting is like the PhD level of okay. um, photography. Right. You really have to. You really because you're actually you're the one creating the light you're creating the image in the studio mm-hmm. and so a lot of photographers especially these young photographers come out coming out here mm-hmm. they know nothing about studio lighting right nothing so i guess that's why you really have to go to school and and get all the you know um formal training and well, teaching but in learning about it before you can actually just say oh i'm a photographer right that is true Mm-hmm. And you know, you just you a lot of people just think you can just walk into photography and you'll be okay. That's you know, you you're you're going to be out of the business um, mm. in no time flat. <laughs> All right. Just about anything you can't walk. You know, just jump right in. Um, no. No. But it and, can and, also and, be and, fun and, too, right? Photography can be fun, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you if you're into photography as a hobby, that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. You know. But if you're in it for the business, mm-hmm. you really need to know what you're doing mm-hmm. because you're you're at the end of that shoot, you're giving the client a product that they're expecting is supposed to be correct, right? And that they should that they'll be pleased with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cam, go ahead. How do you, how do you this is this just popping to my head? How do you market yourself as a um, photographer? How do you get business like acquire new clients and things like that? Well, some of it's from Facebook and a lot of it's through referral. And I'm, I'm finding that um, the longer you're out there and you're producing good work, people always refer you. Mm-hmm. Um, in December, this past December, I, I retired from my regular job mm-hmm. where now uh, it's just all studio work. But I used to work for State Farm oh. as, a, as, as an agent. Okay. And so my Big from my, State Farm, remember that commercial? <laughs> so what happened was that my my agency was on the top level, my studio was below me. You know, my mom and I owned the building. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had a real good manager. You know, I always t- took care of my State Farm business. Mm-hmm. That's number one because mm-hmm. that pays the bill, and you have to be. Uh, respectful for that right. but then uh, my manager she happened to see a lot of my work and so she started sending agents to me and agent staff people to get their headshots for their uh, their website presence oh. Oh. and so 
now because there's so many agents that know my work when they hire new people or a new agent comes on they come see me i do wow. all those, uh, the headshots for state firms wow so, so i do realtors and so to speak yes <laughs> and and you know so I, I do realtors uh i do corporate headshots so so a lot of a lot of my um, work is coming through more referrals now, more so than so, uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned you do missionary work um, and documenting that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see crazy things? Does it uh, you know, does it take a toll on you? You know, going out and you know documenting you know these missionary trips. Uh, actually, uh, missionary. Uh, photography is uh, it's probably my love if anything mm-hmm. I love traveling and, and, and actually when I'm called on a missionary team and they know I'm going to be there they're glad I'm there because they want the photo work that I do mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> thorough and detailed and professional well it's also it's also my spiritual gift Right, right. You see, you know, like when, you know, I, I believe that God gives everybody a gift. Right. And yeah. uh, world missionary work was a gift for me. And then shortly after that, God says, pick up your camera. And that was my second gift. Mm-hmm. So when I'm out on a missionary field, people tell you, like, can gets really absorbed into the photography. And so uh, when I'm shooting on the street, or I'm shooting in churches around the world. Uh, uh, in, in, in missionary work, I love what I do. I, mm-hmm. I love capturing the moment, and mm-hmm. um, and I bring back photos, and people's like, I don't know how you got that shot. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let me ask you: Isn't it kind of scary too, like going in war zones? Have you ever been in war zones, or you know, for instance, like what's going on in Ukraine right now? And when I see a couple, you know, of them gotten shot at and, and so on, and okay. much fortunately lost their lives too, a couple of uh, photojournalists. And so it can be a real risky um, business to be in. Do you ever feel fearful? Well, I mean, of course, you believe, trust God, you know, that he's going to keep yeah. you safe. Um, but well, going in those environments, do you, you know, does it really get to you sometimes? Well, I'm, I'm never in those type of environments where like over in the Middle East or, you know, in um, Iraq and mm-hmm. Afghanistan, that, oh, that's, that's not where I'm at. Okay. So the church that I go to, which is Trinity Life, they have missionaries all around the world. Mm-hmm. And so when missionaries have a need, it could be building an orphanage, building a church okay. um, or, uh, or actually uh, doing ministry to build that particular church in a particular uh, country, mm-hmm. um, we may send a team over there. So a lot of times, when before we even go, we have missionaries that's on the ground. They live there. Okay. They know they they know the lay of the land. Right. Right. So that's important. The only the only place <laughs> where uh, I really had to really watch myself. Mm-hmm. Was when we were in uh, El Salvador and lost Elysius. Wow! Um, and l- if you know anything about MS thirteen, yep, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that, that's what it, that's what it came out at. Wow! So it's important that when you do world missionary work, you have good missionaries on the ground mm-hmm. helping you out. So they're like so, your eyes and ears, right? 
Well, yeah, and then the pastor there, Pastor Francisco, uh, he was our, our, uh, our liaison in Los Elysius, and he had befriended the uh, the gangs there and said, look, we have missionaries coming in for several weeks. They're gonna do a project right in your neighborhood. We need we need hands off on the missionaries. We had 17 missionaries over there. We were building uh, building on a, a, a orphanage and uh, mm-hmm. doing some work in the church there. Mm-hmm. And one thing about MS13, if they say okay, you, you're free to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So we took a bus and we had to walk two blocks through their community. Wow. <laughs> and, and 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 they get to the church and the sanctuary where we need to work at, and nobody touched us. Nobody said anything to us, um, and we were able to work. And 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 believe believe it or not, the families in that community was really nice to us. We mm-hmm. played with the kids, and um, you know, just did a lot of work for church. So it, that's why I said it's, it's good that you have. It's good to have good missionaries on the ground mm-hmm. that can really pave the way for you to, to do the work that you need to do when you're out right, there. Right, right, right. Without yeah. fear, per se. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't really, I don't really worry about where I'm at because I feel like if God is sending me, what, why am I worrying about it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just believe that we had, we have a hedge of protection around us. Right. You mentioned missionary work, and I'm thinking the movie Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've been, I like Ukraine. I've been to Ukraine. Uh, before the war started i was doing some building work over there photographing oh. uh, i've been to bulgaria i've been to cuba i've been all i've been all around the world mm-hmm. and that's and that's one of the things i would <clears throat> tell young photographers is that if if you really want to travel mm-hmm. and see the world photography can take you there right yeah yeah photography can take you there if you if you do good work i just came from um Rwanda. Oh wow. And Uganda in March. Mm. Two parts of Africa. That's quite and different. So were you photograph um, photographing like animals or Mm-mm. no? Well, mm-hmm. again, it's it's all missionary work. So uh, we're we're like deep into the communities. We're going in the bush. We we're we're bringing food to uh, hungry families. Mm-hmm. We're ministering to them, and I'm documenting and photographing. Mm-hmm. all along the way mm-hmm. and again and again we've had very good missionaries on the ground that can get us places that other people can't get to so of all the places you have traveled to so far which is the most picturesque <sighs> picturesque like you know when you when you take it for instance i like like sunsets and sunrises and you know the cascading waterfall with the you know it's just that imagery of beautiful flowers and stuff like that so do you see do you have you ever informed any that sort of like was breathtaking that took your breath away even though you're doing missionary sort of photography no no because you have to remember when I'm doing missionary work, mm-hmm. I'm going to the hardest hit places mm-hmm. that most people don't want to go to. Okay, okay. So okay. the minute the minute my boots hit the ground, we're mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Wow. We may have we may have one day <laughs> where we can sightsee, <laughs> okay. and that's it. And, and that's it. We're lucky. Oh. But many times, but many times, the minute we, the minute our team gets off the ground, we're working. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. But if I if I had to mention, probably say one place that would probably be Costa Rica. Ah. Oh, okay. I've, I've been to Costa Rica two or three times. Oh, okay. I'm doing missionary work there, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of that was uh, street ministry work. And some and, and a lot of those photos uh, up on my website that people can go and, and take a look at. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a missionary section up there. Okay. So. Oh, we starting to we'll visit that and take a look at that. And can you tell us a little bit about your, um, like documenting and um, I guess um, like taking pictures of the the protest because this, this world is crazy right now. And um, yeah, like are you wearing a bulletproof vest and stuff when you're going out trying to you know capture what's going on during some of these protests. I know because you mentioned I, George Floyd too. That was kind of tough. That one. Well, believe it or not, no. Um, I, I you know. I just believe that, like, first of all, uh, as a black photographer, I can blend in with a lot of these marches, right. even though, even though the protestees were were multicultural. Being a black photographer, you could you could blend in. Like in Baltimore, we had Freddie Gray uh, riots here, mm-hmm. and a lot of the white um, photographers from CNN they got pelted with um, bottles and stuff because they weren't part of the community but when you go when you're going into a situation like george floyd black lives matter in actuality believe it or not you're you're very much welcome to take photographs and people are uh are encouraging encouraging you to take photographs (laughs) and so i'm usually dealing with the leaders there they're splitting the marches together so and they know they're going to get the images from me i don't keep the images just for me I, i share the images with them Mm-hmm. So they can they can put them on their websites, their Facebook, their Instagram to get the word out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm blending in. So the marches that was here in um, in Baltimore that started on Charles Street and went all the way down to the projects. And I walked that I walked that whole route to and from taking photos along the way. Wow. So I mean, you have to be you have to be in the middle of everything mm-hmm. to to really get the essence of um, of the photography. So when you're out on a shoot, do you take any essential items other than a camera and lens? Well, it depends on it depends on um, what I'm shooting. So like in the marches, um, I have a street I have a street lens that pretty much can stay on my camera the whole time. That's a that's a a, a wide it's it's an eighteen to two fifty. Mm-hmm. It can get a wide group, oh, and okay. if I need to, if I see something further away, it can stretch out to get that get that shot. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons why I like uh, that particular lens. Most street photographers shoot with a with a fifty millimeter lens, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have to really be a lot closer. When you're dealing with marches and a lot of stuff and a lot of people, you need, to, I, I personally believe you need to have telephoto lenses because you can't, you just can't get to every spot. And so you need your camera to be able to zoom out to get there. Because that was going to be my next question. Like, which lens is your favorite? Well, when it comes to street photography, it's my 18 to 250. It's a it's a, a 3.5 millimeter lens. That's the, the 3.5 is how wide the uh, aperture opens and get light in. That's a very that's a matter of fact. When even when I first started photography, 
that particular lens stayed on my camera for a year before wow. I started switching out. Okay. It's a, it's a very versatile. Mm -hmm. I didn't start changing it until I started shooting in, inside churches or places where the light was pretty dim. Mm -hmm. And then so I had to go with different lenses that was fast enough to cut through dark spaces. Okay. So, but when I'm in, when I'm doing weddings or event work, I use faster lenses like um, um, 24 to 70 and on occasion uh, a 70 to 200 mm -hmm. that that can really cut through light and that and that comes from the experience of understanding photography right. what you need for different jobs right now no cameron you're probably going to be taking some pictures soon right of, of mila and, and your family <laughs> yeah but you know i'm i'm gonna be the iphone guy <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. well you, you, you know what uh i always tell people people say well you know what's the best camera to have is the one you have in your hand at the time mm -hmm. so yeah. the question the question is have i ever used my iphone to take a photo of sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just need to capture that, that one moment i know it's not gonna be better than my camera but if i don't shoot it i won't see that i won't see that situation occur again mm -hmm. so i just i document it yeah so, Remember when they yeah. used to have those, um, what they call them, Polaroid cameras? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I still have mine. I still have <laughs> one. I'm, I don't use it because I don't oh, even think I can find the, the cam film for it anymore. But I still well, have one where, you know, you take that and it's snap, it comes right out and you fan it and wait for it to cool and the picture forms. <laughs> I still have one. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, they came out back in the day, and I pray they never come back out. <laughs> <laughs> they they were probably the worst the worst film ever, you know. Right. I mean, at, you know, in my business with State Farm, we had to also do uh, uh, inspections of properties, and we had we had the Polaroid, mm -hmm. and you had to take and the pictures. I mean, they didn't have any color balance in it. They some of the, pictures came out green and right yellow. that's true you know and when we went quality at all you're right no when we went to digital uh cameras i was so glad of that mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so. <laughs> but I, I will share something with you um believe it or not um the the individuals that are really getting into the market as far as photography is concerned today mm -hmm. is mostly women Mm. Mostly women. Hmm. I belong to um, PPA, as I said before. That's a professional photographers of America. Mm -hmm. um, once a year, they have uh, they have a convention. It's mm -hmm. like over probably the, PPA has a membership of thir over thirty thousand photographers. Mm -hmm. They're the largest organization for mm -hmm. professional photographers. Mm -hmm. But when they have their convention, they usually have anywhere from ten to fourteen thousand photographers at their convention. Wow, and um, and what I what I've been finding is that the the women are starting to outnumber the guys. Wow, I wonder why why that is so. Well, a lot my of daughter is... like photography too. She takes um you know pictures all the time, but that's kind of one of her um things that she likes to do. Well, there there is a reason for why that's happening. And and just like what Cameron said, well, you know, he has a child. Mm -hmm. Well, we have soccer moms. Oh. And soccer moms are, you know, when the kid's out there and they're taking the soccer <laughs> practice and all kinds of sports, 
Well, they they are trying to photograph their children, and mm-hmm. they are starting to love what they see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they, some of these soccer moms are stay at home moms, mm-hmm. and they're realizing that they can make a career out of photography. Mm-hmm. So we're we're finding that they are starting to educate themselves on photography, and get out into the field. Okay. So I would encourage um, uh, a lot of women to think about that. It's, it's, this is not a dominated male um art profession yeah or art yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what quickly so what professional um photographers have influenced your work is there any in particular or you know and how do you incorporate their techniques into your photo- photographs well i look at a lot of i look at a lot of photography it, it really depends like um Um, Peter Lambert, he's a street photographer. I like him. Jason Fong, I like him as a uh, street photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle, like I said, he was a, a good portrait photographer, a wedding photographer. So he was probably the one that influenced me the most. Most okay. And then when it comes down to the the basic core of photography, because mm-hmm. every every profession has a basis, basis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that would that would be James Wells. Oh, okay. James Wells. Yeah. And then there was uh, another photographer who was a, a, another teacher of mine uh, who passed on. I, he died suddenly from food poisoning. Oh, wow. Um, wow. His name was Leo, Hef- Leo Hefner. Um, he was a good uh, studio uh, lighting photographer, so he was also one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. And and believe it or not, uh, I when I went to Washington School for Photography, There's a, there's a, there was an older photographer there. Actually, I still work with him today. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my uh, ballet work that you see me do, I partner mm-hmm. with him. We do fashion. His name is um, Don Becker. Okay. And Don okay. is probably close to, he's in his late 80s. Oh, really? But, yeah, but he can tell you anything and everything you want to know about studio lighting. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we've, We've um, worked together so much that we actually do a lot of partnering together with, with workshops, mm-hmm. and uh, so he's he's been a great influence on my work as well. Mm, okay, gosh, this is this is really informative and enlightening. We really learned so much from you, and you know, really appreciate the the work that you're doing as far as you know, in the missionary field. That's that's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if Cameron, do you have anything else you wanted to ask? I have, I have one more. Um, mm-hmm. is, there, is there anything that you want to do that you haven't been able to do yet? Um, um, think like any uh people you want to work with or something new that you haven't done? Well, my my um, latest um, move is going more into the corporate market. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where my emphasis. I mean, you have to understand the money and photography is really on the corporate side, and getting your foot into the corporate market, you really have to be good at what you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would I would say to the audience that if you really are looking at like making six figure income you really have to be on the commercial side of it because companies have money to spend. If they don't spend it, they lose it. Yep, so their budgets they, get cut. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So when you say, hey, you know, I can do this project and this is what it's going to cost and it's in that budget, you, you can you can do it. I, I find that I make more money on the commercial side than I do on the uh, personal side. Mm-hmm. But I like but I like the personal side as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a couple of people, there's two photographers, probably three photographers that I would love to work with that have worked with me and trained me over the over the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Corbell is a studio lighting photographer and commercial photographer. He is probably one of the highly sought after uh, commercial photographers out there. Okay. And another guy, a Chinese guy that I spent some time with uh, who taught me at Mars School is Scott Robert Lim. He is a Sony artisan. Yeah, that and, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Sony only has 49 um, artisans and he happens to be one of them. Okay. Great, yeah. He's a great photographer. Really love his energy and extremely smart about photography. Mm-hmm. And then the, my third person I would like to work with again <laughs> would be Hernan Rodriguez. Okay. Um, if you go back and look at, he has, he has a couple books out, but he was the one photographer that was able to take the photo of Holyfield and Mike Tyson when it came back together oh. after the ear-biting situation. <laughs> and, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but to hear the story of how he got that shot is amazing. He, he's an L.A. Uh, portrait photographer. He shoots a lot of the uh, uh, champion boxers and actors in, in L.A. So those are the three people that I would like to work with. Mm-hmm. Again. And I, actually, I work under them for teeth for learning. Mm-hmm. But I just like to so, you know, like, uh, how about for a year? You know, I just work with you. Mm-hmm. That's what I would love to do. Okay. And especially Scott Robert Lim. Okay. So, um, is there any sort of pictures that you like to shoot? Or is there any that you just simply avoid? <laughs> I, I don't want to do that one. Or I won't do that one. <laughs> well, the, the photos that move me the most is candid photos. Um, okay. Street my street work, my world mission work, mm-hmm. because for me, it's about capturing the moment. Mm-hmm. So I will do anything and everything to get a photo um, that's candid. Okay. I mean, I have been in churches where I have actually laid on the floor to get a shot <laughs> with, a pas- with a pastor standing in front of me. I do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> so... Like, for instance, uh, I was in Costa Rica, and they were praying for two of the youth ministers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had cut the light out because of the mosquitoes and the bugs that was flying around. Oh, Lord. And one of my young missionaries, I gave him an iPhone and put the light on and said, follow me. <laughs> and as they're in the circle praying, I'm up on a, uh, a chair. And I'm leaning in, almost fell into the circle, leaning in, taking a picture. Wow. Just to capture the moment with all of the hands on, resting on these youth ministers as they're praying. Wow. So I, I like images like that where mm-hmm. most people will say, I'm not going to take that shot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm afraid to take that shot. <laughs> right. I am not afraid to take any shot. Okay. Okay. Because that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're afraid to take a shot, you can't do street photography. If you're afraid to take a shot, you can't do world missionary photography. You can't mm-hmm. do editorial photography. You have to be willing to say, "I got to go get that shot." Mm-hmm. That's that's the million dollar shot right there. Mm-hmm. I got to get it. 
Right. So, and, and then my final question to you is, so how do you as a photographer, <clears throat> that the person or the, the thing, the landscape maybe, you know, that you want to shoot looks the way you, you want it to? Well, one of the things I mentioned is that photography is an art form. Mm-hmm. Photography is like any other artwork. And so, like I said, it's half the, half the battle is getting the photo right in camera. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Then the other half is how you finish it. Mm-hmm. So my philosophy about photography is this. It's, it's almost like a painter. Right. My camera isn't the my camera is in a square mm-hmm. uh, a, a, re- a rectangular square mm-hmm. it's like an artist canvas mm-hmm. so when i look through my lens as an artist i have mm-hmm. to think what image do i want to put on my canvas my, mm-hmm. my camera is my cameras what colors do i want to put there uh what kind of emotion do i want to capture to put on the image of this camera mm-hmm. is there anything in the frame of my camera that's going to take away from the message I'm trying to get the viewer to see. Okay. See that, that's that, that's that's all artistry. And so once I capture that, now I have to take it and put it on my on my computer and start working with it. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where I, I can take an image and work on it for an hour to two hours just to get it right. One image. Okay. Okay. So it's it's, it's all artistry. And if yeah. people think that photography is not is not art, they're sadly mistaken. Mm -hmm. well you sound like you enjoy what you're doing thoroughly we enjoy learning uh, about photography and you know all the information that you've shared and Mm -hmm. it really has been a pleasure and an honor to have you on Mm -hmm. and And I appreciate appreciate the invite did you want to share um, with the audience like maybe you know where you're located or you know did you you yeah um my studio is located in, in Owings Mills, uh, 9923 Rice Temp Road. Mm-hmm. And um, it's there for right now. My goal is to sell that building. And uh, my goal is to build a studio mm-hmm. off of my, on my own property okay. where I live at. Okay. And that way I can work closer to home and I can build a studio according to my sp- uh, specific needs. Mm-hmm. You can, Right. You can find you can find me on uh, Facebook and my website is kennyupsphotography.com. Okay, great. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, this was good, right, Cameron? Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And um one last thing I want to add, I just, you know, you t- you speaking on the, you know, the importance of going to school and, you know, protect um perfecting your craft. Um I talked to, you know, I'd say younger people, like I'm not young, but you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, they don't want to go to school. They don't think they need it. And I'm always telling them, you know, just, just try it. Just try going to school. Mm-hmm. You might find something you like, you might just fall into, you know, a career or, you know, something like, you know, I have a degree in basically nothing. I liberal, liberal studies. I started criminal justice then went to business and I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I need to figure out how to graduate. And then mm-hmm. I fell into a career that I love, but mm-hmm. you know, without going to school I want to be where I'm at today and a lot of people think school isn't important and it might not be the route for them but you know whether it's taking some classes getting certifications workshops get going out and getting the knowledge that's what's so important and a lot of people forget that now right well an accomplishment yeah 
Well, I, I think you're very correct on that, Cameron. And let me just say this to you. And, and this is what I tell young people or anybody that's, that's interested in going into photography. I think um, photography is a calling for some people. Mm-hmm. And when, like for me, photography is a calling for me. I mean, I have people that say, well, my photography is my wife, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> because I'm so dedicated to it. And I think that when you have a calling for something, it's never worked for you. So you really don't mind doing the training, going to school, doing the workshop, because that's that's your calling. That's what you love doing. My thing, if I'm not, I, I'm in school probably four to five months out of the year. I'm doing some kind of training or I'm doing some kind of teaching. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing that, I get very depressed when I can't, I can't learn. I I have to be out there. I have to be out there shooting. Mm -hmm. I have to be out there in school. I have to be learning from other people Mm -hmm. because you don't, you don't know everything. Well, photography is evolving too, right? So you have to stay with the times and be current, right? Technology is evolving. Mm -hmm. The software to do things that's evolving Mm -hmm. and you have to learn how to do these things. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, photographer took a picture it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now you got software that can take people out of out of the photo, change backdrops, and you got to learn all the software. You know, Photoshop, Lightroom. You got to you got to learn all this stuff. Right. And it's just not going to fall in your lap. It's not going to fall in your lap. You have to go to school for it. You have to be trained for it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I had a I, I had a friend of mine lost he lost a, a, the final payment on a wedding because there was a member of the family that was not in the photo. The, the client said, can you add them into the photo? This is Photoshop. I can take a person and put them in, a, in an image, but the client, he, I mean, the other photographer did not know how to do it and and, and the client refused to pay. Wow. He lost he lost a third of his income from that wedding because he, he couldn't do that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and that's so that again, hearing lies the problem. So again, as Cameron is saying, yeah, education is key. <laughs> right and, yeah. and don't be afraid don't be afraid to talk with other photographers and shadow them mm-hmm. yeah because shadowing a, a photographer will tell you how much you need to learn right how much you know how much you don't know my, my first wedding was like that <laughs> okay <laughs> and it was one of my instructors i said i mean how can you learn i can you learn to shoot a wedding nobody gives you a shot mm-hmm. he said hey mm-hmm. i got two weddings coming up you can be my third shooter. And I said, I will do it free just to learn. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Really? And, 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 and that's what you have to do. Absolutely. Well, wow. Incredible. So thanks again. It was a pleasure having you on. Hopefully you'll come on again when you're into some other, <laughs> who knows, it might take this one other level. Maybe when you write your book, you probably be writing a book soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I've had a couple of people that have asked me. I am, I am going to be putting together a uh, an album book on uh, ballet, okay. and uh, and also another um, uh, album book on world missionary work. Mm. So, I, I've been asked I've been asked to speak at the Baltimore Camera Club for my work in Africa. That's coming up in in October the thirteenth. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, we do have to go now. And, um, again, I, this was really a pleasure having you on. And thanks again for coming and You're welcome. sharing. Thank you, Cameron, my 
guest host. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. As always, it's my pleasure. I enjoy these conversations, and you know, every every week, you know, I I learn something new, and I speak to somebody that you know I might have never, you know, I most probably never would have came across their path. So mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, grateful to be a part of this. Right. And again, this is Carly's Love Three Six Five. Um, we will be on again this weekend coming up so stay tuned and we'll have another interesting guest on thank you so much you have a great evening thank you. Be blessed everyone thank you. thank you thank you all right bye, bye. bye.